authors, editors, publishers, book cover designers, agents, critics, readers. A whole lot of professionals come together for a book. We are going to explore the world of books in our unique podcast show called Book Lounge. Book Lounge is brought to you by iCafe Podcasts, born with a collaboration between Tell Me Your Story and Zero Hour Entertainment. I am your host, Koral Dasgupta, all set to ask some interesting, straightforward and fun questions to our guests. Today, I am sitting with Himanjali Shankar. Himanjali is an author and also the editorial director of Simon Skuster. Welcome to the show, Himanjali. Hi, Koral. I'm happy to be on your show. Thank you so much. So, uh, Himanjali, you have made great contributions in children's literature. What are you trying to tell the young ones? You know, I'm not sure if I have a message message that I'm trying to send out to children. It's more I write for the joy of writing. And uh, so I hope to sort of, you know, communicate that pleasure in that I derive from the writing to children. I hope they enjoy what they read. Hope it sort of, you know, gives them new ideas, new thoughts, shakes them up a little in terms of just having... You're exercising their yeah, ex- yeah. exercising their imagination. So yeah, it's not like I'm trying to tell them something, but obviously I think when anyone is writing what I believe in as a person or what who I am, that does mm-hmm. come through. I mean, I'm sure that's the case with anything that anyone writes. So I suppose in that way, not a conscious messaging, but there are things that I am saying, and there are possibly things which I believe in. Superb. So, uh, Himanjali, you are an author and as well as you are the editorial director with Simon Skuster. How do you juggle the two hats? Hmm. And I also uh, wonder that do you ever feel any kind of conflict anywhere? You know, I was, I've been in an editor for very long and I started writing yeah, later. Mm-hmm. So... I honestly have not in the have not felt any conflict as such because they are in some ways in fact I find they are uh, while complimentary they, they are complimentary mm-hmm. and it's sort of nicely feed into each other because I'm sure in India especially all authors usually do have a day job as well because we don't make that much money from writing so uh, the so it, to me it's like having it's the same as that it's being an editor is not different from having another job it's it's mm-hmm. just that the yeah it's true that the two jobs are very much allied i can't deny that mm-hmm. but possibly i think as a writer i benefit from that more than as an editor i mean okay. uh, yeah because uh, i mean i am an author and my understanding of this was just the ulta you know because oh, okay uh, when i yeah. when i look at myself as an author i yeah. just feel that i would probably be a disaster without my editor so Uh-oh. so oh. when i write i always know that okay there is one person who will read before the rest of the world reads and so i am in safe zone oh no, no yeah i know i agree with that i definitely benefit from my editor what i meant was as an editor do i uh, uh, benefit from being an author also that i'm not very sure but yeah i i'm i i do take editorial feedback very seriously and when i'm an author then my editor is obviously not me it's it's a, another person it's a publisher who i'm publishing with so yes i mean the people i've published with i really do uh, rely on them heavily for their feedback on my writing Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's there. Yeah. And given that you are an editorial director, which is a very senior position, uh, does that make you finicky about your own writing? I mean, more critical about whatever you are producing? In- you know, the thing is, since I've, be, uh, I've been with Simon & Schuster for 
close to two years, and really in the last two years, I have not written. Mm-hmm. I, it's not like I haven't written anything in the last two years, so I, I'm not sure about that. But <laughs> it's just that, yeah. So maybe my job is taking up more of my more, well, t- mind creativity. space and time. So yeah, and creativity. And as of now, I haven't got back to writing. Okay. So, hmm. so uh, since you are an author as well, do you think you understand the authors better when you are on the editor's table? I, because I, I mean, uh, the reason uh, I ask this is because authors have their own pains and they expect certain things from their editors. So, do you feel that you uh, being in both spaces, it is making things easier uh, for you to understand them and give them what they desire? Yeah, um, I'm sure it's helping. But the fact is, I've been an editor for much longer than I've been an author. Mm-hmm. So, I do feel as an editor. I mean, I am responsive to. I was always responsive to authors and the and literature i kind of hope in the same way maybe mm-hmm. since i've started i don't know how much difference my becoming an author has made to the way i edit mm-hmm. but i like to think that i was already like i i i do understand i uh, where an author is coming from mm-hmm. and uh, then how what it feels like to be an author maybe i think a lot of editors do because a lot of editors do I mean, they obviously editors are people who are very closely connected to literature and writing and books. Mm. So, and they have an affinity with authors before anything else. So, yeah, I think all editors should be having that. I mean, that ability to understand authors, and maybe it helps a little. But I haven't really thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So, uh, you have spent a lot of time in Kolkata, and you yes. have authored this book called Mrs. C Remembers. What aspect of Kolkata inspires you the most? No, uh, Kolkata is memories. Yeah, Kol- well, yeah, Kolkata is where I've grown up. So it's obviously all my f- my formative years were spent in Kolkata. So it's a city that, well, I'm sure it inspires me. It's sort of it's a city I know the best in terms of I I I also because after so many years of being away from Kolkata, there's nostalgia. So I don't see like say my family is always complaining about what's wrong with Kolkata, but I don't see that anymore. It's sort of it's I I love the mess. I love the bustle. I love the language. I love the way the city functions because when I, I think being away also helps to preserve that connection as such. So um, yeah, I think Kolkata will always inspire me. It's really very much a part of who I am. I mean, it's very important to me. And somehow over the in between, I think I lost that connect because I was very busy trying to set up my life elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But I, in the last few years, I once I find myself again going back to Kolkata. Not, it's not like I actively miss the city anymore, but it's just yeah that it's there to sort of. You know, when I was reading Mrs. C remembers, I don't know whether that is your first book on Kolkata or you have written something. Before. It's actually my only book on like which has a which is based in which Kolkata. Has Kolkata. Okay. Yeah. So when I was reading it, I just felt that probably when you were growing up. You were yeah. growing up with the city and a lot of things about the city that you have, uh, that probably yeah. has touched you as a person is a lot yeah. about your adolescence. Oh, that's interesting because I actually thought that I made the city, uh, I thought it was very much in the background, but you're probably right. It's possibly, it is very much about my adolescence and my growing up years. So I, I see it as a personal journey. I didn't kind of see it as how much the city impinges upon that journey. But it's interesting to know that it does. And I'm sure it does. You're, I mean, you're right in, I'm sure you're right in <laughs> saying that, yeah. So, uh, 
your books, you know, be it the lies we all we tell or yeah. talking of Muskan or uh, Mrs. C remembers. I mean, all yeah. of them have extraordinarily beautiful covers. I mean, yeah. tell us about reaching those covers and the interaction that okay. you may have had with the designers. Yeah. Well, actually, again, these are books that I'm. Uh, I have, I'm not the publisher. So publishers and editors are more directly involved with the cover than the writers. So in these cases, I would say it's my editors and publishers who have been more, who have been involved in developing those covers. Like I, I do remember like Lies We Tell is done by Priya Kurian, who is always very good. Hmm. And uh, uh, the talking of Muskan was actually a lot of fun because we uh, uh, Doug Bill had outsourced that cover, but it just somehow wasn't working out. And mm-hmm. finally, that photograph was taken by them in office. It's just taken in my publisher's garden, and it's one of the editors and <laughs> who's standing with her and wearing these mismatched socks. So it was a cover which was done by them in house mm-hmm. when it wasn't working out. Somehow, it just we weren't getting the right cover, so it was decided that why not just give it a shot, and it just worked out very well. So it was mm-hmm. done by Doug Bill on uh, i mean with their under, under pressure and in house <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and yeah and mrs c remembers again prabha malia who is also very good mrs c remembers actually uh, when i first saw the cover somehow strangely i just didn't take to it and i remember my editor who was, she was a bit disappointed and she was like i she thought she said i was i thought you would love it and but i somehow didn't i don't know why it was also because um I that the woman in that in, on the cover reminded me of my mother too much, and uh, that's what I possibly that sort of it kind of disturbed me a little. But then I realized, I mean, when I would I showed it to a few people, and people thought it was a very striking cover, so I thought, yes, let's go with it. And it is a striking cover, yeah. Oh yes, it is. You know, uh, under book launch, we have been talking to a few book cover designers who are both Indian and uh, who comes from abroad, who does it in European countries. And something that they often say is uh, how uh, how the image that is already there in the author's mind at times, yeah, come in between a good cover. That's true. That's or, true. Yeah. 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 Or it doesn't, uh, or it influences mm-hmm. a, a lot. Mm-hmm. That's very true possibly, which is why I try to keep myself away from uh, the way the cover is being developed by the publisher. Because I know as a, also because again, since you, as you know, I'm wearing both hats. So I do have a, <laughs> sometimes it's so difficult to convince an author that uh, this cover is so good and uh, they don't obviously the, possibly for them it's the same thing is happening where they are not able this is not what they envisage and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah I do have in my mind there are some covers which I would love to have and maybe when that's not happening for my books I feel like like Mrs. C remembers like what I said that somehow I just didn't know what I wanted but it confused me because I, in I don't know what, again, I, yeah, I don't really know what I wanted, but I know that's not what I wanted. And it was kind of confusing for me as a writer, but as a publisher, I'm actually much more sure. And working with a designer as a publisher is an easier process mm-hmm. because I know the book and I know where the, pub, I mean, I'm giving clear directions to the designer as to what I think would be good for the book. Practically so, as an editor, you are not as much emotionally best about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I can think more rationally or rather more critically and mm. without yeah the emotion coming in. Himanjani, you know, this answer leads uh, me to ask you a more leadership question than a publishing or authoring question. Yeah. That is, 
what you just said is about letting go of something when you don't have complete knowledge about it yeah and trusting the people who do yeah uh, in your life as a professional as a person uh, how much do you endorse this and uh, when do you th- think that too much of uh, you know uh, too much of intervention spoils things yeah so i i totally agree with that. as a leader i'm not a very confident leader i'm not i am aware that i'm that you know like what you're saying i'm working with designers i'm working with typesetters i'm working with writers everyone uh, with the sales team and my knowledge in each of these spheres is not complete because mm-hmm. i'm one person and there are people who are specializing or experts in those fields mm-hmm. so my mind is very open to what the other person is saying mm-hmm. and uh, i completely get where someone is coming from it, and i think i try to take all different opinions views into i give them equal respect is what i would like to think mm-hmm. and yeah super so uh I was just going through your profile and I see that you have done a lot of work with the Center for Women Development Studies. Now, this is something very interesting for me as well and I would like to know and not just me but also our audience would like to know that what is your learning when it comes to the representation of women in more intellectually aligned work? Oh uh, yeah, well I worked for the Center for Women Development Studies very long back when mm. um, it was just after I finished my MPhil. and uh, i was working on their journal indian journal for gender studies i don't know if they still have it mm-hmm. i was working as a, as a very young editor with them and uh, it was just, yeah and no i uh, for and i just finished my mphil which was also on gender and literature mm-hmm. well it wasn't yeah it was literature i have i mean i have an mphil in literature but mm-hmm. it was on women outside the domestic space or so on representation of women mm-hmm. so uh, i think what you when it comes to or uh, any work of whatever art or like intellectual in, uh, inspired any any literature work of uh, any mm-hmm. what should i say any work in these spheres i am very uh, aware very conscious of how women are being represented mm-hmm. and uh, it's again it's very different when you're analyzing it as a student mm-hmm. from of course being a reader of a piece of work which we've mm-hmm. always read i mean which we've always done one is reading from the time one is a child so i it's while it's important of course i think it's very important that representations are nuanced or they have diversity and mm. all of that but i also respect where the other person is coming from in their representations so mm. long as it doesn't offend me in any way mm-hmm. and if it does offend me i think i want need to understand why it's offending me and work on that but uh, but yes i do come with my biases i do feel that certain you are like a very stereotyped or flat representation of women i'm not happy with that i'm not happy mm-hmm. when i come across it in any piece of work that i'm reading i mean i'm not saying every uh, book that's written should show strong women or should represent women in certain ways mm-hmm. but it's also important when there is an a book which does have an important woman character should have a certain nuance in that representation mm-hmm. i mean that uh, yeah so yeah it's a bit problematic because one again i'm one person so it's so my views and opinions are not representative of everyone's so there Absolutely. is a need to uh, like obviously have diversity when it comes but some yeah i i think no i just stick to what i said which is like to avoid something that's offensive or something that i know like if it really makes me for whatever reason it strikes me as wrong even mm-hmm. if some other people might think it's right i do 
as I mean, I would exert my position of maybe it's whatever privilege I have to not, I mean, to not allow that. And somebody, I mean, they maybe I'm not the best person for a book which shows mm. or which represents women in a certain way. Mm. True. So, um, why don't you tell us some of the challenges that a publisher or editor faces, which an author or rest of the world has no clue about? That is something yeah, you know yeah, we would love uh, to know because, uh, as an yeah. author, me or even yeah. my fellows, I'm sure, uh, yeah. we all discuss about the the things that hurt us, the emotions that yeah. we have, but we haven't ever got the opportunity to ask an editor or a publisher hmm. that what yeah. are your pains. Hmm. I would love yeah. to hear that yeah. from you. Yeah, you know, there is. Uh, there are many factors that weigh in when we are taking a call to publish a certain book. Mm. And it's not just about the, it's not just about the content or, or how good a writer you are. There are, we have sales teams, we have marketing teams, we have, we have, we have weekly meetings where we are presenting the books, which we like, which we would like to publish. Mm. And if a book is shot down by a salesperson, we now have also a, like there's a database. Say if you're uh, if you're a sec, you've, if you've already written a book, then we have the Nielsen figures. We can see how much your earlier book sold. Mm -hmm. So based on that, if it didn't sell much, then our sales team will say, why do you? Even if you love this book, why do you want to? I mean, why would we publish an author who we know doesn't have good sales back sales figures from the past? Mm -hmm. So th say that's some, one thing which we face quite often because also again. Uh, the editor and the reader are also very different. As an editor, my tastes are, in fact, it could often be very niche. It could be the books which I read. I, and, and, and as one goes along, you realize that more and more that, you know, I'm looking at the PNL sheets also now, like the profit and loss and all, right. all of that. So really some of my favorite authors might not, it shocks me to see how little they've sold. Mm. And uh, then as a publisher, I can't justify publishing at least to my I, I do need to show profits so mm -hmm. it becomes a bit of a cycle of trying to also find books which I necessarily might not identify with that much but I know this is the genre which is selling anyway mm -hmm. fiction is really a very shrinking small market now so mm -hmm. one is looking out for non-fiction constantly trying to see like memoirs biographies uh, genres which are doing well so all these things impinge on us when we are selecting a manuscript. It's not just our personal immediate connect with what we are reading. Mm -hmm. One question that, uh, I mean, I am in touch with a lot of authors uh, for my professional interests um, and exposure. And I uh, do know some of the questions that the authors would often have for the editor, but they'll never ask you directly, obviously. Yeah. But the question that they would often come out with is that can't the publishing house and the author together make things happen? I mean, can't there be a publishing, uh, I mean, the marketing yeah. push can't, I mean, why are a lot of things left to the mm. author to be able to, you know? Huh. The thing is, I I also feel like the publishing industry itself, it's a small industry. It's not like, you know, like uh, while we uh, even say uh, Simon & Schuster is, we do have a, in UK and US, we might be very big, but in mm. India, we are a small office. So, uh, and the fact is the publishing industry is a hard industry. It mm. really is not an industry which is flushed with money, which has too much. I mean, we don't, our marketing budgets are constrained. They are, so one can try to come up with innovative 
ways of marketing and we are happy to brainstorm with authors mm. but um, there are there are like practical constraints and sometimes you know all of us have like our personal whatever biases and what we think might work but you, I, it's very often shot down when i will bring, mm. discuss it at in office uh, with the full team they're like no this uh, it just doesn't work so we have to take that back to the author but we have to take it back in a way that the author doesn't feel like we're just completely disregarding what they said but the so negotiating that because it's a, it's also not like you know it's not like we are selling a product but mm-hmm. the product is it's the product is a book which is written by a person it's not like toothpaste which is i mean it's not <laughs> something where human emotions are not coming in so that's i think the with this product what we uh, the sort of the problem or not the problem but the challenge is that it is it has a human face to it and so there are emotions there's which one has to take into consideration and yeah the idea is to make changes to like there have i mean there are things which suddenly work a, a genre comes in which suddenly becomes popular mm. but again we don't know at which point that's going to come so it's so one can experiment but sometimes we feel very sure that while an author might feel this is a great idea mm. we might not really agree with that you have to take calculated risk is yeah, that yeah right so uh, himanjali you have been in the in some way or the other related with the publishing industry for a very long time and i'm sure yeah. that you have met many people who yeah. are worth knowing and uh, yeah. they have left beautiful memories in your life yeah. so if you could tell tell us at least about one of those inspiring persons that you have met with and got enriched by during uh, your stint with Simon Schuster or beyond okay oh i am uh, like okay i'm wondering whether i should name a person <laughs> is that all right to do but in simon and schuster it's been close to 2 years mm-hmm. and but it's true that the authors that i've worked with have been really interesting i mean i've had a lovely time with many of the authors who uh, who are on our list because they've uh, I, i can think of people like say priyanka dubey who wrote no nation for women mm-hmm. it's been great knowing her because she's a young person she comes from uh, like she comes from a small town and she she really brings that experience very well into what she writes and her empathy the way she looks at life i think that's been very enriching but yeah but i don't really want to name one person there's been like every author has actually brought something like uh, this geeta hariharan who mm. i mean geeta won't mind me saying you know if she were to hear this which she's difficult as in she's she really knows exactly what she wants and she has been around and she is a established author who i mean it's been great working with her because i feel like it was a great learning for me also just the the meticulousness that the rigor she brought into the editing process and her expectations but she knew exactly what she wanted and she knew exactly what i could give so it's mm-hmm. uh, so that i mean working with her was also a very different but very interesting experience so every author has a like they they have i feel like i do learn something from many of my authors yeah mm-hmm. okay so uh, that is what we wanted to talk to you about himajali thanks a lot for joining us on book lounge it really means a lot and i had a great time talking to you thank you so much it was great talking audience for listening to our show book lounge brought to you by icafe podcast please do reach out to us with your thoughts and suggestions on hello at icafepodcasts.com 
subscribe to www.icafepodcasts.com and you can also hear us on other audio apps. Stay tuned with us for book launch. iCafe is brewing.